I, I would like to report a threat to the president. I don't know what department, the threat to the president department. No, I'm not a, I'm not threatening. I'm a, I'm warning. Please don't, I don't, it doesn't matter. My, my name is Frank. Let's get together. I'll say it first. We all love her. And it's time for Kill McCast. Yeah, it's time for Kill McCast. Welcome to Kill McCast. Here is your host, Francis Rizzo III. Thanks again, Bernard. Uh, welcome to all the Val Pals out there listening to a new episode of Kilmer Cast. I'm your host, Francis Rizzo III, and I'm here to talk about the films of Val Kilmer, one of the most truly arresting American film actors of the modern era. On this episode, we'll be checking out Kilmer's role as a confused man in a hat in the 2003 thriller Blind Horizon. Joining us to chat about the film and Kilmer's role in it is a talented artist, an outstanding photo retoucher, and a renowned cat rescuer. It's Amy Dresser. Welcome to Kilmer Cast, Amy. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> well, I'm very we, excited. I'm glad you were here. And you know, we just enjoyed an American Thanksgiving. So we're in that post-gorge, uh, post-Black Friday refractory period. How was your non-Turkey day? Oh, I definitely watched this in repose. <laughs> 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 With maybe some sweet potatoes still left in the corners of my mouth. So as a vegetarian, uh, which for those who don't know, Amy is a vegetarian, it can obviously be difficult to enjoy a big gathering meal like a, a Thanksgiving, um, especially when you're eat, eating with those who are not vegetarian. What's the one thing that you have to have right at that meal in order in those situations? Oh, it, well, for Thanksgiving or just any meal with guests? I mean, you know you're going to have go-tos uh, when it comes to big uh, meals. Well, my, my personal go-to is going to be stuffing. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love stuffing. So if someone says like, oh, that one's not vegetarian, it'll be upsetting to me. Um, I, can make, I can make mashed potatoes for myself any old time of year. Obviously, I can make any of it for myself, but stuffing is the one that it just, it's not the holiday if I don't have stuffing. It's funny. We were just eating leftovers, my my, uh, my wife and I, and I, we finished the stuffing off, and and I, she's like, "Well, that's the end of the stuffing." I said, "Oh man, that's that's the worst." And she's you like, "Gotta no, make more." I, yeah, <laughs> she said, "You know, I can make it anytime we want it." And I said, "I know, right? It seems like you're not allowed to." <laughs> I'm like, "No, no, it's not the same. It's not holiday. It's not holiday food. You know, you got to. You only can have that at specific times a year, because you don't have stuffing in the summer. That's I, I don't think anybody's ever eaten stuffing in the summer." So I was just uh, getting so excited about stuffing last week that I went ahead and ate stuffing, <laughs> but it still tasted good on Thursday too. <laughs> I'm sure it tastes good. It just it didn't, I don't it didn't ruin it. You know, we'll have to we'll have to try and change that, change the world, and just you know have make stuffing more of an everyday thing. Make the world a little brighter place. I think if we could do that. Yeah, stuffing's <laughs> the best. So you spent the morning doing uh, cat capturing, right? Uh, not capturing, uh, scrubbing cat uh, mess. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I'm part of not to say the words. <laughs> well, that's part of your your uh, your volunteering with uh, a, a so, shelter. Yeah, I, I foster uh, cats, uh, kittens, and right now I have a pretty heavy load. So I have in my house twenty two cats and kittens. Um, and so every morning is, I have a routine written down so I don't have to use my brain. Um, and I just do one thing after another. So mm. I have to vacuum every day. I have to mop at least 124th of my house every day, <laughs> which I let 
be randomized so i don't have to make the decision i have to scoop i don't know how many litter boxes there are but i have to scoop them obviously a couple times a day but um the morning is rough because i've been asleep and they've had all kinds of time to make a mess um they i you know paper towels are valuable i use a lot of rags but they took one roll and strewn it all over the house and my so my first words this morning was that's valuable like <laughs> i rolled them all back up and hid them even if they're in pieces it's like i need to use that later now you can't so imagine that's, that was easy with uh, the pandemic trying to get supplies for that kind of thing no i yeah i use rags as much as i can um but and then um i trap cats to be spayed and neutered in la and so i did go get materials to prepare for that tomorrow and then i also work at the rescue proper sometimes but that wasn't today if somebody say me asked you what's the strangest uh capturing story you have what would it be oh strangest Oh no, you might have to use another verb for me to narrow it down. <laughs> uh, well, it's also gross. Uh, what, like what's the one that you, your go-to story if somebody asks you about capturing cats? Um, gosh, it really depends on the audience. <laughs> um, they're like, I don't know. Oh gosh, I feel like you stumped me. There's there's a, a time of year where there's a lot of breeding going on. And so there's a time of year that almost all of the males that you catch are wounded from fighting each other hmm. over lady time. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've literally like we'll catch cats with like abscesses on their heads and Ooh. and uh, one that was missing his tail but the bone was still there and oh my that god one haunts me i don't tell that one to everyone but this is here we are um uh but um yeah find finding kittens is usually the fun one but like they show up in weird places so uh like lots of crawling and um crawl spaces under houses, which, and I'm a big person. So like, I feel really silly when I just squeeze myself through a tiny hole. And then I come, I feel like the Jim Carrey character in like the rhinoceros body where I <laughs> come back out of a hole with little kittens in my hands being like, I got up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think those ones are like the, the, the stories I like to tell are the, the crawling in a weird place to get kitten stories. So uh, out of my own sick curiosity, the uh, cat with the uh, the tail bones, did, oh, does the tail grow back? No, it's no? not like the liver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's literally all the muscle was pulled off. Wow. And so he had to get the rest of his tail amputated. And um, so the amazing thing is that a lot of these cats just have spend one night off the street and then they go back. Um, if we'll get a little bit of a, a heads up if we were asked to keep him longer but um yeah he spent like one night before surgery one night after surgery and then he was back on the road mm. wow. um so yeah like he we we've had a few few tail amputations um anything else being amputated or removed we have to keep them they can't go back out on the street so if they need a leg or an eye <laughs> removed they uh they have to be indoor kitties then mm. good to know <laughs> Yeah, just so don't do that to anybody. <laughs> no, I'll try to stop myself. Let's <laughs> resist the urge. So since this is KilmerCast, we should talk about your own experiences oh, yeah. with the Kilmer Cannon. Uh, what would you consider your favorite Val Kilmer film? 
Well, I have, I don't have the, the library of experience that you do, but, um, I feel like it might be my age or my personality, but real genius, like is forever stuck in my mind as well, um, as that cattail. (laughs) (laughs) For, for very different reasons. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the popcorn, um, like I, yeah, I just, it was, there was a kind of movie back then that was very exciting and a little over the top and Mm. uh they def that definitely fit into that genre and it just seemed like when we first had oh so sorry uh we first had uh vcrs and Mm. stuff like that so like going to the movie i mean going to the video store and getting um a video and so we'd watch them over and over and over again we wouldn't watch it just once yeah, I wonder, you know, because now with streaming, uh, kids who grew up today, these movies, I don't think have that kind of impact because you just, if you don't like a movie right off the bat, boom, you just turn on the next one and it's, and that's, yeah. it's gone. I mean, yeah. you don't have that, that connection to the film the way we, we would have had, because like we, you said, you, we you watch it. it if we all hated it. Like yeah. there's no, there's no <laughs> option. Like you would, I'll you had still- to see it. Yeah, my mother would still complain about movies I picked out. <laughs> I was like, could have left around. Yeah, I mean, uh, and yeah. plus we had we saw all these movies on TV all the time because it felt like there was only like six movies they would show on TV and you'd see them constantly on, on television. And so you just, they were just drilled into your head. And, and not, not it's a bad thing because they were good movies and there's a reason why people watch them. But I mean, man, you, you couldn't get away from some of these movies because they were the only options you had. Yeah. And then I feel like every, every family has like kind of a weird family favorite. And mm. so we were really into romancing the stone for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie. It's enjoyable for sure. It's but an odd I, choice I, for a family favorite. <laughs> I do feel like it was just the actual first movie we rented. So that like, maybe that was it. And for me, we always watched Condor Man, which is this odd Disney movie about a superhero in a condor suit that nobody really remembers much of. But I, I remember from the video store, we rented it and I watched the, you know, just life out of it because I was like, oh, a superhero movie. Back then, it, that wasn't something that existed, really. Mm. I don't even know that one. Yeah, most people don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to claim it's very good because it's not. Uh, but it was what I had at the time. <laughs> I know we may do with whatever garbage <laughs> pure garbage <laughs> and so, also when you're a kid your gauge of what's good and not you know oh, changes and then things some movies just like don't hold up and some do like so oh, no. there's it's not just being a kid like there's some movies that just like aged out of quality <laughs> <laughs> and then some uh, you know obviously today things the way we view th- some things have changed so a lot of the films that we watched in the 80s uh definitely they they're less appealing now because of the the way they depict people or the things they depicted and that's, yeah there's that's a bummer. definitely yeah there's definitely things that you're just it, uh, i i don't use the word much but like cringe you know like the mm-hmm. cringy uh, there's a lot of cringy things that happen in movies even like uh, 10 years ago you're just like oh that would not <laughs> no nobody would do that now. <laughs> like how do it's- i get away with that it is amazing how fast things change and yeah. you know and, and then you have people complain about that change it's like well you know no what's so no wrong about it was it? it was overdue <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> well before we dive into today's film we need to go back in time gather round as we put kilmer in context so blind horizon made its debut on dvd in germany in december 16 on december 16 2003 uh at the start of a two-year international rollout. it took a while for it to make it everywhere 
Uh, at this time, uh, it was the end of Operation Red Dawn, which, I mean, everybody remembers like Desert Storm and all those things. Um, but this Operation Red Dawn was a military operation that ended up uh, with the capture of Saddam Hussein in uh, that spider hole in Tikrit, uh, that famous uh, you know photo of him coming out disheveled and all that. Uh, so that was the end of his reign in uh, Iraq. Also at that time, the San Simeon earthquake shook the central coast of California, leaving two dead and 40 injured and caused $300 million in damages. Uh, do, do earthquakes tend to cause that kind of damage? And you're, you're in California, do you, and so you'd see a lot more about earthquakes than I would. Uh, do, you, do you think that they've kind of like, um, kind of earthquake-proofed a bit now? You don't see those massive damages anymore? Um, well, uh, I, since I've been here, I, there hasn't been one that has made a gigantic, crazy, like we see it on, like it's going to be repeated on the news for like decades. Um, so I feel like not only things have been tried to made earthquake proof, but there's, there's obviously old buildings that just people, tr people, there's, th there's evidence of it, but you know, <laughs> like there, there's ones that are going to be so strong that it's going to test the boundaries mm. of, of how we know how to protect ourselves. So I haven't seen anything enormous since I've been here. Mm. I mean, I, I've had one earthquake in my life that I've experienced in New York, which was an oddity. And mm -hmm. it, it really kind of blew my mind when I first experienced. What was your first earthquake like? Uh, it was uh, it was mild, but it was <laughs> exciting because it was my first. Because um, I, I had just moved out here and I basically you could hear all the glasses in the cupboards jiggling. And I just immediately like went into like a surfer pose. <laughs> And the cat was uh, was like, where do I go? <laughs> like the cat was like, I need to be somewhere, but I don't know where. And it just like a couple books fell off the shelf and it stopped. And then um, my boyfriend at the time came out of the subway station and he didn't understand why everyone was talking about earthquakes. I was like, we just had one. And so he missed it because he was <laughs> underground. And I had to tell him like, it was like the glasses shook. And he was like, that's not exciting. And I'm like, we're all having a really high moment here. <laughs> like, like the adrenaline was still in my system. But it wasn't super scary because it was brief. Like, I guess the scary part is when you're like, when does it stop? Like mm. where it's like shaking and it doesn't seem too bad, but you're like, you don't know if it's going to get worse or if it's just going to fade. Yeah. For me, the, you know, I've told the story before, but because, uh, you know, you don't expect an earthquake in New York. Uh, and so I was sitting in my chair at work and it happened and I felt like I was going to die. Like it felt my inside of my body felt very unusual. And I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to die because there's nothing physical that could, I could tell why I was feeling this way. And then I saw the door slightly start moving. And oh, I was like, oh, so something's happening. Internal. Yeah. I thought I'm okay. something's wrong with me. Because <laughs> um, here, like it takes a while, especially when you first moved to LA because you're first like oh did something hit the building like you will go through all the other more natural like reasons why something's shaking and uh like i had a friend from florida so when she was like oh the the space shuttle's taken off she's like i'm not in florida anymore you know, this is not the space shuttle so like it will seem like a, a truck hits a, the building or something you know is shaking it for some other reason um and then uh like eventually it takes even now like i've been here for 20 years and i still take a beat to understand that it's an earthquake 
Um, like I have plants hanging above my desk and they will just all start swaying in motion, like in, in sync. And that's when I really know like, oh, cause some of them are super gentle and kind of chill. <laughs> that where everything, you just feel like you're on a boat. You're like, but I live on land, not a boat. This but like happen. everything in your house is just like, brrr, Yeah. <laughs> I guess it says something about me that the first thing I thought of was something's wrong with me, not the world around me. Yeah, I'm just thinking they are bad truck drivers and you're like, my innards are dying. (laughs) Uh, Also at this time, uh, there was a mad cow disease outbreak in Washington state, uh, which led several countries, including uh, Brazil, Australia, and Taiwan to ban the import of beef from the United States, which, you know, I wonder at that time how many people said, you know what, now's the time I'm going to try being a vegetarian because I don't need mad cow in my beef. I really feel like the hardcore meat eaters wouldn't give a crap. (laughs) 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 It's just like, my my body can handle it. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't remember that. And I, but I just don't feel like I was paying attention to the news, but yeah, like I just possibly cool cool if it did (laughs) Uh, i'll take i don't want cows to be sick but you know if it helped a few people to quit lifelong habits that might be worth it no no yeah trade-off here balance the universe (laughs) well let's take a look at the top of the billboard charts at the time uh the number one song was hey ya by outcast uh this is a fun song this is like you know Honestly, this is one of my favorite songs on the planet. It's it's so, it just, there's such an energy of happiness to it. You know, it's like everything about the the chorus, just the way he sings it, everything is just so, I hear it on the radio and I'm just like, yes, like this is awesome. Yeah, every time it comes on, I am ecstatic. (laughs) You know, it always surprised me that Andre 3000 didn't make more music in this vein. I mean, it seemed like when he started acting, he just like kind of left music behind, which is a bummer because if he could have done more of this, I would have loved to hear more music like this. Not everybody can beat Donald Glover. No. <laughs> you know, most people can only do one thing at a time. This is true. Um, but uh, impressively for that week, uh, Outcast was not only the number one song, it was the number two song as well, uh, which was uh, The Way You Move. Mm-hmm. Now, this was... This was uh, the uh, other the part other of the side, yeah. <laughs> yes. I think there's two discs, I believe, in that set. Yep, the speaker box Love Below uh, double I, album. I feel like it was a personality test, and I was I was uh, really obviously <laughs> on one side and not the other. <laughs> Definitely. I always was more of a fan of the uh, Love Below side of that album versus mm-hmm. the speaker box. I mean, Big Boy never really spoke to me the way that Andre 3000 does. And I think that's because he was more of the focus on the hip hop and Andre was more of the experimental, you know, fun music that, mm-hmm. you know, that he was making. It's funny because, you know, together they were huge. And then when they split up and they went their own separate ways, they've never been able to accomplish that kind of success anymore. Even though, like, you look at that album and now you have two different songs, both at the top of the charts, completely different kinds of music. And, you know, if they could do those things separately like that, why not be able to keep doing that? It, it always amazes me when somebody can make two huge songs like that and then mm-hmm. don't follow it up with anything else. Yeah. Uh, I think of them as if they were just like two really talented kids in one small town and they're like, well, let's do stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know Atlanta is not a small town, no. but yeah, like it was just, 
like it maybe it wasn't a natural pairing but they just like i don't know who knows who knows why they you know were together or why they split well somebody does i don't <laughs> yeah well, i will say that they were together for 20 years so that does, i mean that's a good run yeah, yeah. it's like you know maybe they didn't want to break up the friendship i don't yeah. know um maybe they to- were like we just need we need to like time our hits exactly and then they're like we have to end strong <laughs> exactly going out on top is definitely you know i'd rather do that than to fade away and you know and have people remember my worst stuff i'd be like everybody say hey yeah awesome that's what people remember me by yeah it's it's i would be proud of that oh absolutely and also also roses roses (laughs) roses is great i I love that song a classic a classic you never would expect to ever hear on the radio oh my god with a chorus that's so good like that <laughs> i would definitely be more proud of having hey ya than of the number three song which was stand up by ludicrous i can't say i know this song in any way it just does not uh raise any memories for me i don't know if it does for you nope i'm not getting a memory yet <laughs> no i mean it's funny to me it always i'm surprised when i find that that ludicrous is a popular rapper because I always think of him mainly as an actor now because he's done yeah, acting for so here. long. And I don't think I've known him as a big singer. Like, I don't think, I don't know any, any songs that are big hits. He, he was always just like this guy who was always around. <laughs> yeah, like you, I feel like he's, though this would fall for another a lot of people. Like, I know their name more than their work. Hmm. Uh, like, uh uh, people will shoot arrows through my head right now, but I would e- I could even say that about Beyonce, <laughs> where it's like <laughs> I know who she is, but I don't know the names of her albums. I don't know mm. that you know. I know a couple songs, but yeah, like she is so known, but I don't know her actual body of work like hardly at all. No, and the funny thing with Ludacris, uh, even though he's had a lot of success as on his own because you know he's been doing this forever, his real success has been working with other people as a featured rapper because he's mm-hmm. been a guest on eight top five singles in his career and three number one hits, all for people, other people, not on his own songs for other people. He himself has not had a number one hit by himself, but he's been on three number one hits for other people. That's going to be frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Well, or maybe he's just a good collaborator. <laughs> <laughs> he's a team player. <laughs> yeah, I love team players, so I don't think that's frustrating. I'd be like, look, I helped with so many good things. Um, I could live with that. I will maybe admit, you can't. I don't know. <laughs> it's got to kind of be nice to just roll into the studio, drop a couple of lines, oh, and then yeah. get out of there. <laughs> Here you guys finish. I got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy my millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's take a look at the TV charts. Um, at that time, CSI led the way. Uh, as C- CBS took six of the top 10 slots. Were you, you ever watched any of those procedurals like CSI? No, I would actually say that there was like most of my life, I've not watched doctor or lawyer shows. Mm-hmm. A few have slipped by in modern day me life. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I did not watch any of those. Yeah, uh, I like CSI. I like uh, it's. I, I like the mysteries of them. You know, they're enjoyable mysteries. And I, there's a new series out now. I just started watching it, and I watch it every week. It. I like a good mystery show. I don't like, like you said, the doctor shows, the lawyer shows. Doctor shows, lawyers. Yeah, the co- like. There was just like there seemed like there's so many. I just kind of I just was turned myself off to them. And now yeah. now I watched a couple, but yeah. 
then it was just there's too, too many people trying to do it and i couldn't mm. i couldn't settle out who, who to bother <laughs> my energy yeah you want to pick my, the right my one attentions? yeah <laughs> Don't waste um, my time. <laughs> <laughs> this is also a very big time for reality television. Uh, three mm-hmm. of the top four shows were episodes Oh, yeah. Of so I say don't waste my time, but I was like, oh, this is what I was probably really watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three of, the, three of the top four were Survivor episodes. I don't know if you watch Survivor. I don't. I, I've never gotten into that. I did for a while. Yeah. And not my thing. I, I don't get into those. Uh, those like competition where it's like the physical like alliance shows i don't i'm not big into alliance shows no like because it just uh people are jerks at some point and mm. so uh i i like the creative competition shows personally but mm. i feel like those are a little bit more modern era like they really oh, yeah. started with they they really were like kind of game shows in the early days mm-hmm. and uh yeah have you watched blown away yes i love blown away <laughs> Wait, wait, remind me which one it was. So I'm it's not the glass lying. blowing one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 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 like, what else could it be? I'm pretty sure I saw it. <laughs> it's blown away. Uh, I feel like they're struggling with their host and judge casting. Yes, absolutely. But um, glass blowers are a breed of person mm-hmm. and, and they're not all alike. There's like a variety in them. So, uh, it's almost more interesting to watch it for just like the 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 types of people that do this weird ass hobby. <laughs> I view it kind of like a game show mixed with a horror movie because I'm watching them like make these it's intricate stressful. glass it's and then stressful. it's I'm waiting for it to fall and I'm like oh my god it's gonna break and it's like you know, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat for like the entire time because I'm so afraid every time they tap the uh the stick with their yeah. thing I'm like well that one's dead that one's gone yeah hey, yeah there's too many yeah it's too stressful for me like uh <laughs> well also I have cats so I'm like glass no way <laughs> I, like I'm currently drinking out of a plastic cup with a lid like a sippy cup for adults because of my lifestyle <laughs> also at this time uh there was a bachelorette special called trista and ryan's wedding which apparently was a thing because that came in eighth and at number seven was a show i don't really have a clear memory of and that's average joe do you remember the show average oh, joe yeah so you sh- you should because someone we know worked on it uh, seriously who yeah I want to say uh, some of our little gang for that we okay so Francis and I know each other from college um, I think um, yeah some of the people from our group that moved out here early in the early days uh, oh. worked on that because oh. I remember being told like if you hear about anything in pre-production it sounds fake and stupid <laughs> and that it's not real Um but uh, yeah, so for example, I work in the photo world and I had a colleague who said he was working on a movie poster for Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. I was like, there's no way that's going to be a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so stupid. <laughs> and it was a movie a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so, average yeah, Joe, a- yeah. Average Joe, yeah. So it was uh, basically an, a Bachelor t- kind of show. Uh, where you had a beauty queen who was selecting from a pool of ordinary guys. And the funny thing is, they didn't tell the beauty queen who the guys were. They told them it was going to be like The Bachelor, and then it wasn't oh, Bachelor no, kind I'm of guys. Confusing. There's a different reality show with a Joe in it. Yeah. So, no. Uh, so this is I all a lie. I, so I don't know who worked on that show. 
but yes, I do remember that one too. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of crazy to like set up this whole concept on a lie when you tell the person, yeah. oh, you're going to date all these like handsome guys and then very ordinary guys show up. That's it's it's really kind of cruel. Well, too. they also did a sort of a fake like rich guy one too, yes, where they yep. just had like a a, a palatable average. He was I say palatable because I don't <laughs> want to admit that people think he's handsome, but uh, they had a, an attractive guy who posed as a a guy with money, and they had mm. all these women date him, and then at some point he reveals that he is broke and. <laughs> yeah the facial expressions and how they like try to hold it <laughs> while he's explaining is like uh that yeah that was that one i don't you know, want to say it's cruel but i'm like no this is a gotcha mm. <laughs> like gotcha you're shallow yeah, exactly we're, we're pretty sure but now we know for sure <laughs> <laughs> incredibly average joe ran for four seasons which i can't oh, believe I did, they had did four not seasons know. Of i thought there'd be one <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i think people would catch on to the format <laughs> yeah i i don't Unless think it has filmed, much of a legacy though <laughs> yeah maybe they filmed all four and they're like we gotta just can't we can't show it until we're done we gotta go as long as possible i have to hope that's the case otherwise there is even worse people out there than we expect <laughs> so the rest of the top 10 featured er uh 60 minutes uh without a trace and monday night football in one of its rare lower uh, appearances on the charts usually monday night football is leading the way because uh, people love football not it <laughs> <laughs> uh looking at the box office it was a big week for new releases you had four new movies opening wide led by lord of the rings return of the king which earned 51 million far outpacing the jack nicholson diane keating comedy something's gotta give by about 29 million dollars so it was really a lord of the rings weekend were you a lord of the rings viewer um I don't think I watched all of them and mm. I wish, and it's not because I don't respect it. Uh, I just feel like I didn't have enough leisure time. In my life <laughs> it's it's it. a real investment there. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um, though I, I actually did work on an entertainment weekly cover that featured uh, the, the hobbits and guys. Uh, and I, I, I hope I'm not getting in, myself in trouble by stating this inside info. They had to ask the guys for their measurements so the stylist could um, get them, you know, cool clothes for this cover. And a, a lot of them were just like new to the whole industry. So like uh, Sean Aston obviously had like regular clothing sizes mm. written down on his and the other guys just measured random parts of their body. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, this guy does not know what this is about. It's like, they're just like, you know, just what's your shirt size, dude? Mm. You know, so like they were measuring just like all over their body and it was, just, it was pretty funny where I was like, what? <laughs> where are um, you from? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's like, I was like, they're new, they're new. But yeah, it was but come cute. on. It's cute. I'm not making fun, but it was it was sweet and cute and innocent. <laughs> also opening that week was the Matt Damon Greg Kinnear conjoined twins comedy stuck on you. Which oh, took yes. an <laughs> it took That's an, an airplane movie. Oh, it certainly is. <laughs> that was followed by the Nick Cannon remake of Can't Buy Me Love, which was titled Love Don't Cost a Thing, and that made a little over seven million dollars. So a lot of uh, a lot of comedy uh, th at that time, which uh, I'd like to see more of nowadays because we don't see a lot of that. Not on t in the movies, at least. We see a lot of it on Netflix. Yeah, I, I'm in the mood. 
I'm in the mood. This movie wasn't one. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed twice, and you'll know exactly which time. Two times I laughed. But, I'm hoping it has to do with a hat. Oh yeah. <laughs> nobody knows what we're laughing about yet um but yeah uh, i i actually had to rewind it because i wanted to laugh again <laughs> on the other end of the chart in the 129th spot was no news from god which earned 307 dollars in one theater and that starred penelope cruz and it's about two angels one from heaven and one from hell and they come to earth to save the soul of a boxer i don't have you an angel from hell that doesn't seem like something that makes mm. sense but hey you know uh, that's why i earned 307 dollars so you know <laughs> <laughs> count the seven <laughs> So uh, we are going to take a little break and then we'll be right back to talk about Blind Horizon. Welcome back to KilmerCast. Let's get into this film. So uh, Blind Horizon was written by F. Paul Benz and Steve Tomlin. Uh, Benz has mainly worked as an editor and director, and his only other writing credit is something on uh, History Hongs, which there's no details about online. So I, I don't think it was a real big deal. And Tomlin's resume is similarly brief. He has just one short film as his other credit. The film is directed, though, by Michael Hausman, who has worked with a bunch of big names as a music video director, the biggest one being his award-winning collaboration with Madonna on Take a Bow. Do you remember the Take a Bow video? No, I didn't. Uh, well, when would that happen? Um, <laughs> There's a big point of part of want, my life where it didn't I want to say <laughs> in the late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, definitely in my no TV zone. <laughs> this was a uh, about a bullfighter, um, and so it was, it was a pretty big oh, deal. You know what? I'm sure I've seen clip because that sounds familiar. But yes, um, yeah, I I think I remember that it existed. <laughs> yeah, he also did the video for uh, "Sexy Back" with Justin Timberlake. So he's got a pretty good reputation as far as music videos go. His films are way less known. Uh, his most recent effort is "Edge of the World," which came out this year, and I've never heard of. So that's not a great sign. Uh, I tend to hear about a lot of films come out, and if I haven't heard about this one, eh, I'm not going to think it's going to do very well. Um, but he definitely seems like an artiste with a capital A. Um, mm -hmm. I have to say, like he has a film called "A Study in Gravity." which is a three hour film entirely shot in extreme slow motion, which is just about the effects of gravity on a person. And I can't imagine watching a movie for three hours, which is basically not moving, but only moving in like very small ways constantly. Well, for I can hours. imagine watching it, uh, <laughs> maybe not for three hours, but yeah, can you imagine, it would be a great museum piece. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I have to imagine that's where it's shown, right? Like it's like a Warhol film. It's, you know, nobody's going to the theater to see this film, but yeah. you might see it at an exhibition and, and think, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, um, it, it, I'm sure it looks interesting to be, to be yeah. honest, but I don't, three, three hours of that seems aggressive. <laughs> well, three hours of any movie is, is um, not impossible, but it's pushing it. <laughs> it certainly is pushing it. 90 minutes is a nice, nice number for me. That's my perfect timing. <laughs> This movie, I think, came in right around there, but it felt a lot longer. <laughs> it did feel a little long, yeah. So before we get started on this film, I just wanted to read the IMDb synopsis of this film, which sounds okay. like it was, written, it was written by somebody who, who I think they had a head injury when they wrote it. So, <laughs> you know, that's the part of the theme. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the qualifications were required. <laughs> it's, it's very meta. So at the hospital, Frank comes out of a coma with amnesia. The sheriff wants to know who shot him. 
Later, Frank remembers that something's happening to the president. Who is Frank? That's not a very good synopsis, and it doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, but again, like you said, it does fit the film because this film doesn't make a lot of sense either. And there's a well, lot. Well, yeah, it, it's <laughs> not a wrong synopsis. It's just not good for someone who hasn't already seen it. Like yeah. it's not helpful. Not at all. So we have this guy in the coma who is Frank, um, and uh, he is played by Bell Kilmer, and he's found, I believe it's New Mexico or somewhere southwesterny uh, in mm-hmm. that rural area. Yeah, and maybe Texas. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was... it was Texas, but I wasn't sure if it was New Mexico because the film was shot in New Mexico, so I didn't know. Maybe they, you know, uh, fudged it like that. Um, but he is brought into the hospital. He had a bullet that went off his head and he's unconscious and they leave him in the care of the most high strung doctor in the history of cinema and a nurse who is the least focused nurse on the planet. I honestly do not feel like she could have made it through her degree to get her nursing degree. Like like I just felt like this is more like a high school dropout waitress vibe. Yeah. Yeah. If she was a candy striper, completely by yeah oh yeah 100 percent. like she's doing you know community service (laughs) i wouldn't believe it yeah because she i've never seen a nurse smoking in a patient's room well yeah smoking and then like whispering (laughs) to them while they're under like they're their you know girlfriend they were trying to run away from and they found them in the hospital it's like (laughs) like it was yeah she definitely was unprofessional and didn't seem like she should have responsibilities. <laughs> not at all. Not you know, she's like that she's like a jerk off, but like she definitely didn't seem like, you know, she's not the supervisor. Like <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't describe her as competent. That's that's a main the main thing. Yeah, competent she just like... didn't she didn't seem like she went to nursing school and no had it together. Yeah. And, and she's played by Amy Smart, who I I've tend to enjoy Amy Smart in movies. Like I she was, know. I actually was like, oh, this is a Francis person. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's in Crank. I love her in Crank. I mean, the thing is, if the goal was to make us suspicious of her, perfect. You nailed it by by casting Amy Smart. Immediately. Because, imme- yeah. Yeah. Uh, the weird energy you get from her is like, there's something up with her. Yeah, she's stealing. She's stealing from the medical supply. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at the very least, she might blow him up because he's she's smoking around the guy on oxygen, which is tends to be a bad idea. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) There's a lot of smoking in this movie. Like I put a note about that. Almost, almost every person smoked. Yes, constantly. You know, yeah. It was like there's they smoke in the movie theater. Which I mm-hmm. was like, when did that happen? Like, I, I know smoking has weaned out of society. Like, you know, you used to smoke on planes, you used to smoke in restaurants. Smoking in theaters, I don't think ever was a thing. Uh, well, I feel like, well, I, you know, where I grew up, the smoking, no smoking in restaurants happened a little bit earlier than the rest of the country, but only a little bit. So mm. I just feel like by then it was like, me, I don't know. And that's, I, I might have been itching to google which states <laughs> just didn't figure out like is this a state thing or is just this movie you know <laughs> i didn't know um why it seemed like uh they're way behind in the smoking laws i was obsessed with the smoking laws <laughs> while watching this everyone's breaking the rules already is you know what i was thinking <laughs> Uh, we get to know the story a bit when uh, Sheriff Jack shows up and he's played by Sam Shepard. 
this is the third time we've seen Sam Shepard on the series because somehow he always works with uh, Val Kilmer. And every time I see him, just like with uh, the nurse, I was immediately suspicious of him. I'm like, this guy has something to do with this guy in the hospital because again, he just feels very creepy. And I don't know if you got the same feeling from you. I actually didn't. He was like, um, well, he, he fit. I felt like he was fit the role really great, but I was just like, he, well, a little bit, a little bit, but he was like one of the least suspicious people where I was okay, like, everyone, that, yes. everyone was like, what's that guy's deal? What's that girl's deal? And then the him, I was like, oh, he's just a share, you know, like, and so he might have been like a little, you know, weird of a sheriff, but not like he didn't ring my bell as hard as the other ones as far as like being suspicious of him. Well, we should talk about Cheryl, who is the second in command to Jack. <laughs> as suspicious of him. <laughs> and he's played by <laughs> Noble Winningham. This was his last role ever. He died after making this film. Uh, he is every bumpkin local cop stereotype oh, rolled seriously. into one <laughs> yeah o oatmeal commercial uh, on the horizon uh, <laughs> o oatmeal horizon <laughs> his obsession with the hat that they find on the scene should oh. have its own film <laughs> yeah like why is he so focused on this hat <laughs> I I'm uh, I'm assuming we're stupid and the hat has a, a big thing and we just didn't get it. <laughs> I watched for something with this hat and like and actually he had said at one point, well the hat has nothing to do with it. But he's so focused on that hat. Yeah, he carries it around everywhere. Like, yeah, it's just like don't you know, careful. We gotta get <laughs> fingerprints. And he literally like wipes it on his jacket, like, oh, I'll just wipe my fingerprints <laughs> off this side that I'm and I'm holding it with the other side, so that side's screwed. Um yeah. I love how he like he's I love a, a guy with a bunch of old fashioned sayings like he mm. comes out with uh, we'll check this thing from the ass to the appetite. And I was like, I've never heard oh. that before. Oh, uh, yeah. I actually was like, is did I hear appetite? I it makes sense. Yeah. From ass <laughs> to mouth, like, I guess. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's what I but I was like, maybe I heard him wrong. Yeah. Do you remember hearing anything like that growing up? Because you you obviously grew up in an area that has a lot of homespun, uh, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but they they like there is a big mainstream like everyone says this, and then of course I think my my ears would perk up if somebody said something cool like asked <laughs> appetite, and I'd be like, remember when that? Was? You know, so yeah, there's a lot of old timey sayings, but. Uh, people usually stick to like the popular ones. <laughs> An odd part of this film and Cheryl being in it is that there's this political competition between Jack and Cheryl. And because Cheryl is running for sheriff, apparently against Jack, even though Jack doesn't seem to be running for anything. There's no he doesn't seem to. Yeah, he's like not invested. He's like, yeah, whatever. Try if you want. Bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But oddly, there's like campaign posters everywhere for Cheryl, including in the hospital, which I'm pretty sure is not a thing yeah, that happens. It's, it's actually like immediately out the when the door of his hospital room, yeah. if I remember correctly. I was like, are they in a school? That like seems like something that would be like in a school, like a school, like a, yeah, I don't know, like student body even, poster. Having having a political poster inside a hospital at all seems weird. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this competition between these two men, I guess it adds some tension because they do argue several times during the film about it. Um, there's an odd argument about a flag, which I didn't, I couldn't understand. He's like, yeah. I put your flag up. And I was like, what, is, what does that mean? Yes, yeah, so like, I guess, like, 
don't know. I don't know. It felt like nitpicky brotherly, like where it's like, it's my turn to be sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's no, it's, you know, so yeah, just was like, hey, you can't even find your flag. Um, Yeah, I didn't know. I, and I know in some things, everything means something, but I was like, that probably means nothing. <laughs> but I was like, maybe it does. I'm noticing it. But I was like, that's like going to be their dumb beef is like, I, uh, something about the flag. Yeah. I paid, yeah. I paid to have your flag out of my own pocket. And I was like, I don't understand at all what's happening here. And what's worse is that none of this seemed to affect the story in any way. The no, po- the politics had nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Yeah, it really felt like um, maybe it was supposed to, and there's more than it was cut out. I don't know, uh, but uh, I, yeah, I couldn't. I because to me, I feel like they could have had tension between them without <laughs> a political campan- campaign. Yeah. You know, like it's easy enough to just have two people on a job, like you know, disagree about something. Absolutely, especially when you have an older guy and a younger guy. They could yeah exactly yeah that's it that's like an uh gimme and i thought that was yeah i didn't get it either it'd be one thing if it paid off in any way in this film they don't even get get, he just yeah he just gives up right like yeah he he walks away i think at one point he disappears from the movie and i think if you remove cheryl from this movie entirely i don't think it makes a difference i don't think he makes any change to the plot in any way yeah uh, there's something with the border crossing stuff later but um i felt because well i guess i'll bring up Giancarlo. i was like whoa he's and i'm like he's also in like a useless detail that like is also connected with the border crossing where i was like when does he have anything to do with anything that's going on and it's very little like uh uh, yeah it, it, like i'm gonna sound like a jerk where i was like if someone's like hey i'll find a role for how about you this guy okay bye you know seriously because he just, shows up and he talks to uh to val kilmer and says so what's your story and wants to know all about it and the second he starts telling about it, he's like oh he, okay he never just mind runs away <laughs> yeah he literally is like gotta go bye like i don't even think he put his butt down on the stool like he was just like leaning in on the bar and then was like bye yeah and then he like zoomed in and out later in the movie like almost at the same like pace (laughs) yeah later on he gives val kilmer a ride too like you said see cheryl (laughs) (laughs) go ahead (laughs) he gave a ride to him to to see the coyote bring uh the people to cheryl but again, that had no impact on the story in any way. It just looked well, like- Well, I, yeah, it, like the impact was that it's like, oh, now Cheryl is something going on and he's it's going to get written about and now he's going to leave the race. But and I don't know what that had it. anything to do with the center story. So. Nothing. <laughs> as far as I can tell, nothing to do with it because at that point, mm-hmm. Cheryl is out of the movie. There's no consequences for what he was doing illegally working with this coyote. He, he doesn't have any impact on the rest of it. My only idea is that um, it's supposed to like make us be like, oh, maybe he has something to do with these guys, you know, because you don't know what his what Val Kimmer's character's role is. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's just like showing, just letting you be wrong about something if you're wondering about it. <laughs> well, you mentioned that. You, you, the movie loved throwing out red herrings. Everybody yeah. you meet 
it seems to be involved in a conspiracy oh, in some way. Okay. What I wrote down many times is like, is this guy a dirtbag? <laughs> What's this dirtbag about? <laughs> like, and so yeah, like everyone you meet, you're just like, this guy's bad. Yeah. Like, is this guy bad? Like, is this guy, yeah. So yeah. at one point he's in the hospital consistent. and there's a clown who waves yeah, at him. I don't I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? What, why is this happening in this movie? What? And that's the problem with this film is that when you have a story like this where there's conspiracy theories and every single person they introduce could possibly be involved in it, then nothing matters because you suspect everybody in the film and then there's no surprises. You need surprises in a movie like this. Otherwise, it's pointless. Yeah, I guess it feels like that little game where it's like, uh, guess who? <laughs> <laughs> and they show you all these characters and you're like, here's your menu of options. Um, were you right? <laughs> you know, so yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, mean, it's I especially definitely true. feel like they tried to be mysterious introducing some char characters and then there's just others that they just like literally show in a flash like mm. uh, and like now you tell me that he did a lot of music videos that kind of makes sense that opening credits and everything were very stylized and everything so oh, like absolutely. every every once in a while there's just like a section of the movie that's just like got some slow motion or jumpy <laughs> jumpy cuts going on yeah and then you obviously would you have these surprises you have people that you think might be a problem and that includes chloe who is frank's fiance played by nev campbell uh who immediately the second she's up you know i'm like wow what's going on with her because oh yeah i'm like you don't belong in this movie no it's <laughs> <laughs> like well Hey, Chris Haircut, this is a dirtbag movie. What are you doing with your clean face and clothes? Yeah. Like when she was in that hotel room, I was like, there's no way she would stay in this hotel room. No. Um, and even crazier, the sheriff pulls a gun on her and she has zero reaction. She's just like, oh, is this about Frank? <laughs> and it's like, you just had a gun pulled in your face. What are you about? Because you didn't even blink. There's, you are a problem. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, she definitely did not fit. And so, yeah, she was like, oh, I'm suspicious of you. Like, immediately. <laughs> it's like, I really wrote, like, Chloe, fiance. What is she? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what is her story? I was I like, I don't believe that you would date this person that came <laughs> onto the nurse the second you were awake. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the whole movie is told in a flashback, which can be kind of annoying because then you like it's it, you're trying to figure out well what goes where and these things. But this movie really tries to keep things neat via title cards because we get mm -hmm. we the bat we get five days earlier, and then we get as we get closer to what's happening, we get these cards that say five days to rhombus, four days to yeah. rhombus, three days to rhombus. I kind of wish the movie had been less obvious about what rhombus was because. I mean, I figured out immediately what was going on. I don't know how you uh, felt about it, but I was like, it seems obvious to me that this is about the president getting killed and he's involved. So what's the secret here? What's the, what's well, the surprise? <laughs> I don't even feel like they're trying to keep that a secret. Cause like uh, they say like, oh, he's going to have flashes of memory uh, here and there. And then there'll be a flood. And so he literally wakes up cause he like smells the nurse smoking <laughs> in this room. She's like, 
feeding him with mm. a spoon like his arms don't work but they work because he's stroking her face at the same time <laughs> and immediately being a creep where i'm like if i woke up with amnesia i would not be like it's time to hit on this person um, <laughs> but like and it goes from that to uh him be like oh my god the president is gonna go <laughs> like it's a, it's a like bit of a jump. He, yeah it is a big jump where he's like <laughs> like that's like the next thing you know mm. um and yep. so yeah and then they have like like i guess like oh well it, like some things trickle in but you know what's happening you just don't know who's doing what um and maybe that's considered enough to be a mystery for some people um and some people want more missing missing parts so they can feel like they're smart when they figure it out <laughs> yeah i mean i would have liked some mystery in this film but it felt like once you have everybody suspect and they've laid out that rhombus it's pretty clear what rhombus is that i was just waiting around i'm i'm like you okay what's when is it gonna happen yeah i guess you don't know what how it's gonna shake out um but uh you know like kind of what's going on kind of yeah, I mean, the Secret Service is there, but they write off Frank as a kook. And there's this other guy who is in, meets him in a movie theater um, and drops him a message at the bar. And when they go to meet at the movie, things don't go well for Frank because this guy beats the hell out of him in the bathroom. With, yeah, with a <laughs> with a paper towel dispenser. Yeah, for, <laughs> I, for nothing, for not, for not much reason. I'm not really yeah, sure why the, that happened. I, I even tried to be like, okay, let's pretend, like I tried to like angle it in my head. And I was like, it's an overreaction either way. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it seems like much, and especially then, because it puts it back in the hospital, I was like, geez, and then later when you learn who that guy is, it makes even less sense why he would beat him up. Yeah, yeah, I was like, well, you know, he's a hothead, what, you know? <laughs> Do they uh, not know each other? Because they, you see well, them having dinner. Yeah, either, like, I guess I, I like that my two ideas was like, they have more of a history than you know, and... Hmm. Like, you just don't know what kind of a guy he was before, even though he immediately acts like a shady guy. Like, yeah. he doesn't come out like, you know, he just, like, immediately wants to go to the bar. And he's like, what mixes good with pills? Like, <laughs> he, like, you know, like, ch is chasing people riding around the Camaro. <laughs> Like, so he immediately has a vibe, like, yeah. and he wants to smoke, even though he's told that he doesn't smoke. And he like, yeah, like, so, um, like, yeah, I guess you don't know, like, how uh, much of a jerk he was to work with, or if, like, I don't know if they established that if he worked together with this guy or not, or if they're just like, here, let's put some volatile people together <laughs> to do this calculated thing that lots of people try and fail at so yeah i don't know and then yeah uh they, the other guy doesn't i don't even think he gets to talk ever no no he just ends up dead in the in the desert um, the I, call, I called him bert because he just has a really <laughs> long skinny head with no hair at the top um so i was like oh bert is uh, like is bert a dirt bike? oh bert's dead the <laughs> bird's dead i guess he has nothing to do with anything yeah nope. well things start to pick yeah. up a bit as rhombus approaches uh and i think it's, it gets pretty wild at points uh because after they find the dead body 
this guy, there's this guy who shows up every now and then, a real, like you said, a dirtbag, uh, the guy with the glasses and the mustache. He drives a tanker truck down the main highway. Oh, yeah. That and guy. then flips he it. Has a, he, he, has a fla- he has a flag on his car. I was like, I know. I was like, that's not the flag we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he has a little Confederate flag on his yes. car. Uh, somehow he flips the tanker truck and like walks away from it. I don't like you would have to be the world's best stunt driver to pull this off. Yeah, because obviously the whole thing was intentional. He gets to one part and he's like releasing a lever to like empty the contents of the truck. It seems like he immediately flips it after. Like he like mm-hmm. drives over on the soft side of the road and he's like, whoops, it is. <laughs> but like it really rolls. And then he like climbs out like, like nothing. you know, he he just was walk, you know, coming out of this basement of his house. Um <laughs> And just walks away. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're going to try to kill the president, you don't cheap out on labor. You hire the best of the, that you can find. Yeah. But- well, yeah. The whole point was he had to block the road. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was all he had to do. I'm not like, he didn't have to like, flip the truck to do that. <laughs> no. Uh, but maybe he was like, oh, I did it a little extra for you guys. Uh, I heard you I like take, that. I, I tag pride in my work. <laughs> Above- yeah, he did and beyond. I don't I want to say he he never spoke a word either. So all these no. people didn't get in the union. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he has this accident, which cuz he oh by the way, he also blows up the truck when he walks away from it. It shuts down the highway, which somehow reroutes the president's motorcade right into yeah. Jack's small town. Imagine that. Because all this time he's trying to be like something about the president being killed and he's coming here and they're like that's stupid. That's it's not happening. It's never going to happen. And as soon as, uh, you know, Confederate 18-wheeler uh, guy, pulled, it's like, oh, guess what? It's happening now. Actually, that was kind of a funny moment. I didn't laugh aloud, but when they're like, we're here about the president. And he's like, what? Like, then he was like, he wasn't lying all this time. Like, he's not crazy. So, yeah, that was like a little rewarding moment. Um, because up until then, they're just like, he's just doesn't know what he's saying. We don't know who he is. Um, and then that was when the sheriff was kind of like on his team. Mm, finally came around. Yeah. Uh, so while all this is going on, Liz, our nurse who, uh, you know, the terrible nurse, she logs into Frank's bank account because she found a card <laughs> with all his details. <laughs> I was so nervous for her. <laughs> also, I was very impressed she knew how to use a computer. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, this can't be the like this is this system allows you with a single card to access somebody's banking account and like you know where millions of dollars are stored you don't need a password apparently you don't need anything you just oh just they, yeah they gave it. the password on the card <laughs> <laughs> it was it was right below where I mean, she you, logged in you think they're an international assassin assassin plot would have a better way of managing their payment system it's also seems yeah that, and that card was like taped underneath the theater seat um <laughs> which i feel like like did they say exactly i know he said back row but did he say exactly what seat like <laughs> i don't think so and all it takes is for one really ambitious cleaner and so to- it's like i know or one guy's like well just in case i'm gonna tape this card under all of the seats <laughs> like 13 people can log into this account and take that money i mean and um, then so liz gets in there and transfers the money to herself which also seems like a really bad idea yeah then you're like connected to that like exactly not not traced (laughs) yeah i mean i don't have any experience with swiss banking but i don't think liz does either (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm gonna guess oh, that. I'm pretty sure she <laughs> got her bank account the day the day before. <laughs> uh, but this whole thing seems pretty simple to figure out that you're you're able to transfer all this money into your account. And her plan apparently is just to take the money and then run away with Frank because she goes out and kisses him on the street, and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, let's do this." <laughs> like, yeah, like. Uh, I'm also tapping into like what would I was like I can't imagine I can't believe that she didn't go I just got a whole bunch of money out and run away <laughs> like she just is like she's like fishing she's like have you ever just like thought about like <laughs> starting over you know like that their their chemistry was very weird in that moment mm. um yeah yeah I mean and then he goes right from there into a sex scene with Chloe and I'm like yeah. dude what are you doing like what's going on here? which also in the context of the film doesn't make sense to me because we eventually find out who chloe really is so why is she doing this um i don't want to answer that until we go back and talk about that hat quote that i love so <laughs> please do <laughs> so when when he's uh, at the dirtbag bar and <laughs> bumps into the dirtbag nurse and she's talking about leaving and kissing him they kiss mm. And then she like leaves it pretty, it's a curt, you know, it's like a kiss. And then she just like kind of, you know, walks off. Like it's kind of a little bit of a tease or something. Mm. And then he just like looks at her and goes, I have fell off. <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like, you know, he just said it still kind of in character. And they're like, well, mm. keep that in a movie. Um, <laughs> and I was like, this is great. Like, I love it. This is my favorite line. Because <laughs> like, if he was like a little love struck, it would have been kind of a genuine thing to say. Where like, I don't. I, oh, What's going my, on? My lips are chapped. My hair fell off. off. I didn't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> um so that was my favorite moment anyway and then he goes home and he has sex with his, his fake fiance um <laughs> yes his fake fiance because as we eventually find out she is an fbi agent and she's <laughs> she's been trailing frank so i don't understand why she has sex with frank what like what? uh no i i kind of feel like she just kind of liked him a little bit a little bit maybe but they also <laughs> i'm gonna go back and also remind you that um she tells him that he works for the irs and i think she says she does too i don't know maybe mm. i'm wrong about that and then so when people are saying like how do you know the president's in danger and he's like i work for the irs we know everything everything <laughs> <laughs> and nobody questions it <laughs> I, like i think they're just constantly in eye roll mode with everything he says it's like okay whatever sure. dude <laughs> um yeah so he goes back to chloe and uh and mysteriously consummates their <laughs> fake relationship and it was like you know a, a real after that a really thoughtful scene where he's just like thinking about yeah i'm gonna leave chloe who he i think he believes is still his fiance at that point but he's already yeah, planning to I run away yeah he's not emotionally invested in her but he's not really challenging it either no like he goes home to her eventually like home means that weird hotel that i think she would <laughs> never ever sleep in and and if her character was real yeah um like he goes back and she does do like hey where were you every once in a while but like um honestly there were so many times it's like when are they gonna talk about who the fuck they are <laughs> 
she I mean, does at, point, at some point show him photos of them together yeah but like in real life when you like have your picture with someone you guys like both look at the camera and be like hi our picture's being taken <laughs> all the pictures were like them like shot like staring off at some other uh, thing like mm -hmm. off in the distance and i was like these are fake <laughs> <laughs> and you were correct and i was right and it's not even because i know photoshop really well it's because of they weren't looking at the camera um they weren't real but people. yeah yeah uh so i was like these aren't real but yeah um I was very excited when I saw the sheriff put him in his pocket. I was like, you get to the bottom of these fake photos, buddy. <laughs> I'm counting on you. And Jack came through. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, that was rewarding. The fly fishing side detail about his personality really came in in a pinch. <laughs> I'll explain. <laughs> the One of the photos are clearly like uh, an ad that was on the back of one of his fly fishing magazines. And then the, just Val Kilmer and Nev Campbell's heads were photoshopped on. <laughs> and so it was like a perfect match. Who do you think uh, did that? Who who made the photos is my question. Was uh, it the me, FBI or was it? Oh, the, I was thinking you were talking about production or... people. And I was like, I would love that job. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> um, I'm going to assume the FBI because I think they were like, that was, that was my assumption. But was, I mean, who was covering it? Because Frank would have known that she's not his fiance before his amnesia. So did they, after he got amnesia, they then quickly photoshopped together her, their life together? I think, uh, well, my idea was that he was a liability. Mm. And so they're like, oh, quickly go in and find, I don't know, actually, I didn't think about that. Um, because they like he like she was questioned by the sheriff like hey how come it took you so long to come and deal with you your oh good dude? point <laughs> good point that that'd been the time uh, when they work on photoshop and they're like we need to learn photoshop really quick uh, <laughs> we we tried a few times and it was bad we got to get better um does anybody know anybody does webinars about photo retouching <laughs> they're like we know a person but she's busy cleaning cat poop so she'll get to it tomorrow <laughs> uh yeah so that uh, that uh, on a personal note i was like yeah get to the bottom of those fake photos <laughs> <laughs> i was very excited well you know once the motorcade is rerouted things like i feel like it was kind of like we saw the finish line and we're just trying to get there because yeah. at that point it's just like what are we they doing they show the motorcade literally in the opening credits like mm -hmm. you know so it's not like which i think it would be a little more fun for them it to be really random and this guy wakes up you have no information mm. he wakes up in the hospital and everyone doesn't know who he is, including him. And at some point, he'd be like, something about the president. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And then <laughs> I think it would be more fun for me, like, oh, what? Like, because you could be yeah. as dumb as the other people. Exactly. What's going movie. on here? Yeah. The opening credits basically lay out the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, they even like show the opening credits and then say this. Anyways, five days earlier, this <laughs> stuff started happening. And I was like, oh, you didn't have to do it that way. It's no. not the worst, but I rather go along for the ride with less information. Yeah, personally, because then once we find out that Chloe is FBI and everything's going crazy um, and we now see badass Val Kilmer because he yeah latent well, abilities are waking basically 
he uh is starting to piece together stuff oh no what like because he there's like there's a room next to his room in this uh the dirtbag hotel <laughs> that he's they've been like you know showing the room number since the beginning of the movie and you're like what's up with 213 who's yeah. in there watching tv so loud and he finally breaks in and it's like an escape room that he's already been in. He's like, oh, I know where all the guns are. <laughs> like, <laughs> he like immediately like just pulls things off the wall and assembling oh, yeah. guns and looking under like cabinets and stuff and like, oh, there's another gun. There's another gun. No, there's another gun. You know, like it's just yeah. like he finds all of the plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, oh, no, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Am I? I'm the baddie. Um, <laughs> shit, it's me. I'm gonna kill the president. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so he was hired to kill the president along with two other assassins by Faye Dunaway, who apparently is the leader of Rhombus, if that's the name of the group. Mm-hmm. It might just be the assignment. Not very clear what's going on here. And oddly, it should Faye have been Dunaway- called Triangle. <laughs> yes, three guys. Come well, on. I based- I know they kept showing his drawings of like a triangle with circles. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's rhombus. There were two other guys. They all got amnesia. Well, <laughs> it's to remember. keep it secret. You you don't look oh, for yeah, the triangle they, if you say rhombus. They're like, you know, we threw in all these extra guys. So we're doing that too with the shape. Um, what I don't understand is you have this plot. You have these three guys hired by Faye Dunaway. Why is Faye Dunaway there also? Yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't trust you dumb boys to get it done. I just came to check. Um, yeah, because she says, once you start rhombus, you can't stop rhombus. Yeah, that's that one. That's one thing I didn't fully understand because he, he had to call a number and he just said rhombus. And I guess something was a voice activated thing. I don't know what on that phone was what was triggered on the phone call when he mm. did that. Because to me, I'm like, oh, wasn't it just a plan for three guys to go up and shoot out windows? Yeah, <laughs> like, what, what started? Was like, <laughs> what was the other thing that needed to happen? Um, yeah. And why would it be up to him to call that shot, you know, mm-hmm. not her? Yeah, or one uh, of the other two guys even calling Yeah, him. yeah. Bert, Bert or uh, Ernie. Toilet, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of Ernie-ish. <laughs> paper, paper towel guy. Or what what was he called? The Nico the red, or Red Sterling. Devil <laughs> yeah. Sterling, I think they called it. There's so many names. Um, um, I couldn't keep it track of it. I just everybody that was guy was theater dirtbag to me. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, uh the other thing that was kind of funny is they show his IDs, like they he's rummaging and his stuff in this room, mm. and then he's like, Oh, this is me. <laughs> um, and then like when he does sign himself out of the hospital at the beginning of the movie, like he's told that his name is Frank Kavanaugh, and he's like trying to write his name, and he's like, F then <laughs> 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 oh, oh. <laughs> you can tell him it's like, I don't know if I'm really Frank, like. <laughs> Like, you know, like he's not, he's calling himself Frank the whole movie, but mm. when he's writing that his name down, you can really see that the muscle, the, the muscle memory is not there. <laughs> um. Well, Frank does want to stop the killings, even though you're supposedly can't stop Rhombus. And so he commits more murders in order to stop the murders. He kills Faye Dunaway, um, uh, which yeah, I, I, 
Yeah, the other guy kills <laughs> Chloe, which because yeah. there's like a standoff between him and Chloe. And I actually legitimately was like, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. And mm. she that's when she seemed like uh, she really likes him. Mm. Like she really uh, was like, please don't make me do that. You know, and then she didn't have to do anything because somebody shot her in the head instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's when we found out she was an FBI agent because I, up to that point, I thought she might have been one of the killers, actually. Yeah, I kind of knew she was just like on the inside, but that, yeah, that moment was like, okay, she's now one of the killers, obviously, because mm. the killers killed her. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you just knew she definitely was not just a random fiance that works at the IRS in Chicago. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't give uh, Kilmer a Chicago accent at some point because, you know, Man, he, oh, do he we loves find out what his real name is? I don't like, think I so. I feel like his fake IDs had two different names. Like there, his passport, I feel like was Italian. There um, are several names in that doc in those documents. Yeah, there. yeah. I don't think we're supposed to know who his real identity is. Yeah, because he's got projects, guys. Yeah. <laughs> he could be still working on it. Well, he kills Faye Dunaway, and then he ends up killing his fellow assassin, who's going to shoot the president, and that's it. That's the end of the well, movie. Like honestly, they do, they do suspend you for a second because you hear two shots and you're like, "True, is 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 the old lady dead or is it him?" And then you come back yeah. and you just see, oh, it was her. Um, they, they don't like they don't leave you hanging long. <laughs> no, Faye Dunaway slumped in a chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the other guy's dead from falls from the roof. Dead. Jack finds him and it's like, yay we won yeah and then like the, that shot like alerts all the president fan club be like oh no somebody with a gun and then run. they all run away uh but yeah in that moment he's also like like he's like he's like it seems like he's pondering between uh shooting the president and and shooting the theater dirt bad guy for um, a moment yeah he, it's like he's he like, do this? or he's just or we're just monitoring through his scope um and so you're not sure if he's like, but it just, it, I don't feel like, I feel like his, him realizing like that he was supposedly, you know, he was, he's the, he was planning to kill the president, like seems like he's, he's more shocked than we are. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but like, and he's like, oh no, is it me? And then he's like, do I just go ahead and do it? <laughs> like, oh, me was going to do it, you know? Maybe. Uh, and, and then, yeah, he instead takes out the other sniper. Yeah, and then um, runs away he, with Liz. But through the scope, he's also me sees that Liz is waiting by her muscle car. <laughs> and like literally, like the town clock goes like dong, and she like gets in immediately and drives away. <laughs> yeah, she's very punctual when it comes to her deadlines. Oh my God, you'd think she'd wait like five minutes. Like, <laughs> I mean, at least give him time to get there because there is a parade going on. You know, like you can get trapped in that like, traffic. I got to get out before the parade blocks all the streets. <laughs> well, I mean, with that marching band, because I mean, one of my favorite parts of this movie oh, yeah. is when he, the uh, when Dal Kilmer fights the two fake service guys and kills them amidst and tries to escape into a marching band, which suddenly appears. I forgot that there was a parade going on and suddenly there's all well, these marching you know band what? people. The, it's like amazing you bring that up because in the very beginning of the movie, the intro uh, title stuff is all to like drumline crap. And I was like, mm. why, why? <laughs> I was like, why is there the marching band? And now I'm like, oh, cause this was all leading up to this like parade moment. Uh, but I didn't answer that question with my own, you know, observations. 
Um, yeah, and then there's that weird scene. He like kills a barber. Yeah, <laughs> like the <laughs> with scissors the in the back. <laughs> um, well, that that scene was a little confusing to me, but I, I overall I get it. But I was like, did it have to happen that way? Um, but yeah. Um, and then he somehow catches up with her in the car. Like, yeah, how did he get there? Uh, he, because she like doesn't, you know, you'd think she'd just zip off into the horizon. Yeah. But she takes a pit stop to uh, the side of the road where a bunch of other people are hanging out um, with, uh, and then he's like, hi, caught up with you. I just knew you were going to hang out on the side of the road with these other people. Like, I don't know what, how he got there. Yeah, yeah he was just um, hanging out. Like, like he knew she was coming that way. I don't think they made a plan of any kind. No, not at all. She kissed him and his hat fell off and that was it. I watched that scene a few times and I can verify that is all the information she gave him. She said noon, the end. I don't even think she said where, but maybe she did. But um, yeah, and it's like, and then at like 12, 10, I'm going to be at the side of the road with Steve-O. That's true. Steve-O is in this movie. They have like a weirdly, you know, strong shot of one person. And I was like, is that Steve-O? Like, <laughs> why is it so like fixed on him? Uh, and yeah, it, it, it is. <laughs> that was one thing I did. After this whole movie, the one thing I did look up, not like what's the smoking laws in New Mexico and Texas <laughs> in the 90s or early 2000s, I was like, what did what movies was steve in um yeah that's what i looked up so let me ask you something what does this title mean blind horizon um i mean originally well, I this guess... movie originally the movie was going to be called black point which is the town that the whole movie takes black... place in yeah that's not bad uh black point's not bad even though like they do mention black point and it is kind of like a badass town name um and I could see it working. Blind Horizon, I guess it's just like Horizon's just sort of like what's to come. And he's, you know, he's <laughs> he's a little shaky on what's to come. So uh, he's got a blind spot. But um, I feel like I you do, put more I, thought into that than they did. <laughs> I, I personally have a big beef with uh, like lightly ambiguous movie titles. And I understand like a lot of them were used already we gotta go somewhere else. <laughs> but there's a lot of movies that have these kind of titles where you're like i don't know did i see that movie and mm. this definitely fits that kind of title where it could mean anything and nothing um and so when you gave me options i was like and I, I literally picked this one because I was like, Amnesia, I'm there. Seems the less, the least gunny movie, you know. And of course, it still had guns. <laughs> Tons but, of guns, um, yeah. I, I don't think it will. There will be not one with guns, but uh, yeah, I was like, Amnesia, I love it. He's going to be vulnerable. Um, no, not <laughs> no, one not moment. At all. Like he immediately wakes up and starts macking on the nurse, <laughs> like. <laughs> He's like, wants a cigarette, wants to go to the bar immediately. Um, <laughs> he is not vulnerable. Um, no. So I have to tell you a personal story about this movie. Oh, so, please do. So prepping for this film, to for this episode, I watched the movie and I'm like, okay, nothing great. I don't, you know, I was like, I don't know. You know, I watched it on online. I watched it on Tubi, I believe. Um, Me too. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, okay, great. You know, 
it's it's available there. I watched the whole thing. I'm like trying to find out when it came out because there's no lot, not a very good detail about when this movie came out. So I'm like, okay, well, the website I used to write for DVD Talk, uh, we always would put the dates of the movie when it came out. And this movie came out in that like time period, 2005, it would have been direct to video. We probably re reviewed it. So I go to DVD Talk and I search up Blind Horizon and look at the review. And Is it I wrote it. You? I wrote it. <laughs> I wrote the review and had zero memory of the movie. <laughs> I own the DVD for this movie and had no you idea. Had to go on Tubi for the yeah. first time, probably. <laughs> like it was for my, me, anyways, the first time. I, um, I, I read oh the review. Oh my god, the movie gives you amnesia of the movie. <laughs> Eventually. I, read the, I read the review and I'm like, oh my God, I don't remember ever watching this movie before. And it's, it, it's, it's actually disconcerting. Like you start to wonder like what happened between then and now? Cause it, 2005, it's only like what, like 16 years. I completely erased this movie from my memory to the fact that I didn't even know I owned it in that, in my house. I could have just pulled the DVD off my shelf and watched it. Yeah. Well, I want to give you, I want to forgive you because you watch a lot of his movies. This is you true. You could like, but that you'd had no re recollection. It's not like you're just mixing it up with another nope. movie. I'm like, watching this movie and I had no idea where it was going. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I knew where it was like, going, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it seems for, but like they, they, they prompt with you is so much. So like, it's not like uh, they left me with the blank spots where your your memory of the movie could fill in. Like no. tell me, yeah. I was just, I stunned. I, I was like, how did I completely forget? Especially when I host a show called Kilmercast to completely forget the fact <laughs> that I watched a movie with Val Kilmer in it like that. It's just very bizarre to me. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so this is the right one for you to do that too. <laughs> I would agree. I would definitely agree. <laughs> <laughs> not i'm not making fun of the quality movie it's just like like because it's because the amnesia it's the yeah. amnesia part yes <laughs> well we had our say about this movie so let's hear from some other people come children let's explore the kills and valleys so kills and valleys the best and worst reviews of this movie there's not a lot out there uh, on rotten tomatoes this movie has a zero score because there are many qualifying reviews ed gonzalez of slant said that Michael Hausman's over-directed conspiracy thriller takes place in a small desert town in New Mexico, apparently New Mexico, and recalls a bad episode of The X-Files. Yeah, that works. I mean, I think that makes sense. Um, you have uh, Danny Minton of the Beaumont Journal, though, says, the story itself is very cool and keeps you guessing until the surprising end, which I cannot agree with at all. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you wait to be surprised and they're they don't surprise you <laughs> like you're like he's probably gonna run off with her uh oh no he was late oh no he made he got up <laughs> his alarm went off i was like my car i gotta i you know she stopped for gas i had some time to catch up uh, i've never heard of a critic refer to a story as very cool like that's just a weird thing to say as a critic like very cool <laughs> A little too fanish. Is that the only review you found? There's two others. Um, one was uh, some guy named David Nusser of Real Fingers Film Cross. Reviews. It said that Real there's nothing terribly memorable about this movie, which is apparently very true since I like, forgot it. But it's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then the movie this gives you amnesia and brainwashes you. <laughs> <laughs> and then caffeinated Clint of Movie Hole. I don't know what who that is. Uh, a mesmerizing jigsaw mystery with a story that keeps you glued to the end. Swimming in the same waters as Memento. That's some really uh, pushing it as far as. Over at Amazon, the unwashed masses have left us just 41 ratings which is insanely low. Like the lowest I've had before is like 400 reviews. So 41 wow, is just like- that no, is a yeah. mini, mini fraction. Okay. Yeah, no, that means nobody has watched this movie, which makes well, a lot of sense. Well, you watched it twice. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I am like a huge a part large, of this audience. <laughs> you're a double hitter. <laughs> uh, of those 41 reviews, 55% are five stars. Okay. But- um. <laughs> Oddly, most of them didn't write a review. It was just a, st- mm. a star review. Ah, in fact, the only yeah, I'm suspicious. The only was it the only review I found was it is a great book, which is not <laughs> a good review. <laughs> I love it. Uh, on the other side, maybe, was it a book? Maybe we're it was not we a the book. dumb ones. <laughs> <laughs> they're like everybody would explain else a lot. the reviews on the book portion of the website you dummies <laughs> went and watched the movie which is never as good as the book <laughs> on the other side of the, the ledger seven percent of the reviews were one star um and uh so it was uh doctor uh, not doctor uh director michael houseman known for his music videos uh certainly gives stylish images but none of them help to engage our attention as there's nothing that makes you want to know more about the mystery of these characters uh some of the supporting actors are doing a good job like amy smart and sam shepherd the acting of the two leads is not good though and the dialogue is poorly written um hard to argue well i actually thought sam shepherd was like the most natural like He's, he's good yeah they say he's he did a good job um like you know he's always good yeah i think our main complaint with the amy smart character is that we just didn't believe she's a nurse um yeah exactly <laughs> was like, i was like i don't think she knows how to but i don't know people. how she if she can do a catheter like uh, <laughs> i don't want her to do anything to me um yeah, yeah. <laughs> not with that cigarette dangling from her lips it's like hold on i gotta switch hands um but yeah uh and then a lot of people like like just like only had like everyone else had like mini mini roles you know like Giancarlo, oh, yeah. who i i i enjoy like literally didn't get to sit down much <laughs> like well he was, uh, he was in this trucks you know driving away but uh mm-hmm. yeah like like he he was not used much um yeah not much of a role yeah. there and St- and Mission know what said, uh, also steve-o steve-o got to not do used. anything cool yeah, no stunts at all he just smiled with his eyes real big and that was it so he was the natural as a guy wearing a hat, which was important trend in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> For another review, we have, uh, what was I thinking? Simply put, an awful movie. Too mysterious a storyline. Characters don't add up. And there's cheesy romance in the end. What a waste of my yeah, time. Yeah, the romance is a little, eh. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that at but all. But I do applaud him. Having a fresh start with his president killing money. <laughs> <laughs> well, he never killed the president. I know it's so. a win-win. He got the money. He didn't Yay. have to do the baddie thing, and he got a new girlfriend. 
Nice. And a cool <laughs> car. <laughs> well, we have a decision to make. With or without Val. Do you think Val Kilmer makes or breaks this movie? Um, I think the smarminess was so appropriate. Uh, mm. Like... Cause like I, you know, you know, I told you that I kind of wanted to see him be a vulnerable character, and he wakes up and he's immediately like smirky, and you're like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I forgot he does that so good. Uh, so yeah. I feel like he, I feel like he fits so well. Uh, like I wasn't like this. This character doesn't make sense for him. Like you know, like I really, I think. I think he's not a part I would edit differently. Um, he stays. So we have a game to play and it's called President or Kilmer. So <laughs> I'm gonna give you two things and you're gonna tell me which one is higher and they're related to both presidents, obviously because of the movie and the assassination attempt and Val What Kilmer. do you mean higher? So, so here's the first one and you'll get the idea. <laughs> which is higher? The number oh, of films okay. where Val Kilmer plays a sheriff or the number of presidents who were born in California. I'm gonna say, shoot, I don't, I haven't watched many Val movies. I'm gonna say presidents in California. Cause he thinks like he's more of a bad guy usually, right? Sorry, oh. he played a sheriff four times and there's only been one president born in California really? and that was Richard Nixon. Yep. Oh, where was Ronald Reagan born? <laughs> Not California. <laughs> Look how much I'm, I didn't look that one up. It's like I, it was my main example in my mind. I was like, there's gotta be more. <laughs> That's what I thought too. When I wrote guys, the question, like, we're a big state. Everyone's born here, right? Yeah. When I wrote the question, I thought Reagan was going to be one yeah. of them, but nope. Okay. <laughs> so here's the next one. Which is higher, the number of heist films Val Kilmer has made, or the number of presidents assassinated? Heist films. It's my guess. You would be. Correct. Okay. There have been awesome. he's made five heist films and there have been four presidential assassinations. It's a close one. Yeah. Sure. How sure, but one? I knew. <laughs> <laughs> How many times he's played a corpse in a film versus the number of times presidents have died on the fourth of July? Oh, oh crap. Uh, you mean well because a bunch of them did uh i'm gonna say more presidents died on the fourth of july but you know but he's not playing characters that died just no he's playing a corpse just the corpse yeah i'm gonna say yep. more presidents died on the fourth of july you are correct yeah. it is very close he played a corpse twice <sighs> and three presidents yeah. have died on the fourth of july i actually knew that one uh, on the president side, <laughs> at the corpse side, I guess, just guess on the corpse. How many times, which is higher, how many times he played a musician in a movie versus the number of presidents not born in the United States? Well, musician. Sorry, he played a musician five times, and the first seven presidents were not born oh, in the United States. Because I know the rules, but I kind of <laughs> forgot that the first ones would be too too young. To, like, like babies can't be presidents. <laughs> I forgot. See, I forgot that you knew we, most of the rules. Yeah, I know the rules. I know over thirty-five. I forget that we all showed up. <laughs> like, you're right. You're right. I forgot about it. Okay. 
<laughs> the number of TV series Val Kilmer has featured in versus the number of presidents elected to a second term. Oh, wait, say that one again. The number of TV series that Val Kilmer has featured in or the number of presidents elected to a second term. Well, definitely second term. <laughs> Def definitely <laughs> snark, snark. <laughs> you are correct. Okay. Tw 21 presidents have been elected to a second term and he's featured in 11 TV okay, series. It's like, I couldn't think of one <laughs> that he was in. So I was like, I know a lot of presidents. Yeah, he's been in a lot more than you think. Yeah. Um, like Knight Rider and Psych, Entourage. So all he's been in a lot of shows. Those movies, all those shows that boys watch. <laughs> <laughs> How about the number of times he's played himself versus the number of presidents who have died in office? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say presidents died in office more. You would be correct. Yay! That's, I feel bad. It they died in office! Yay! <laughs> Yay! I <laughs> eight eight presidents have died in office and he played himself four times all right uh, including on life too life's too short which was a fun one for him how about the number of sequels he's been in not just the he's Ooh. only been in the sequel how many sequel films has he been in versus the number of presidents who had more than two terms oh crap uh I, I honestly am not a person that's because uh, I'm going to say the real obvious. You would do good at this game. <laughs> um, I'm going to say sequels. You are correct. Okay, because I was just like, there, I was like, is it just Franklin? You're right, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the only president the to only serve more one, than two terms. But I was like, maybe yep. he was never in a sequel, and I'm wrong. <laughs> um, he was in four sequels. Okay. so you're absolutely what, correct. Do you have the sequels off the top of your head? Uh, Top Gun Two. Okay. Um, I can't remember the rest of them now. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> I'll get you. <laughs> I, 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 I checked them out. <laughs> It's like it just has to be more um, than one, and that's uh, right. But I don't. I'm yeah. just assuming it happened at some point. I, I have to pull up the list. Yeah. Okay. The number of historical figures he's played versus the number mm. of presidents who were 60 or older when their presidency started. Oh, I'm gonna say definitely 60 or older presidents. I feel like oh, when they started. Oh. Mm. Yes. Um, I'm gonna still say the presidents because I feel like they're all old, but this is <laughs> I'm gonna say presidents. <laughs> it is the number of times he played a oh, historical figure. I was like he played a historical figure 13 times, and there's been 11 presidents who are 60 or older. Okay. What were do you now I'm like quizzing you because I'm just wanna <laughs> learn why I'm wrong? Um I was like, I don't remember his historical figures. I believe well, he played. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Mark Twain. Okay, uh, now what I played, do um, Joe Biden in a movie. He played, uh, um, you know, Jim Morrison. He played Elvis. He played um, Wyatt Earp. He played a whole bunch more. <laughs> okay, if, if don't forget Frank Kavanaugh, top of the list. <laughs> I don't think he's historical. <laughs> he's probably wrong. imaginary, um, <laughs> even in his own movie. 
<laughs> Frank Kafanaz and Ariel. Um, and how about this last one? The number of times he's played an animated character versus the number of future presidents who signed the Declaration of Independence. A future president? I'm going to say future presidents. Mm -hmm. It's close, but no. Okay. He had three animated characters and only two future presidents ah. signed the De Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. Those were his best animated roles. <laughs> <laughs> he did. So uh, that's it for this episode of KilmerCast. I'd love to thank you, Amy, for joining me to chat about this plotless wonder. Oh, you're welcome. I love homework. So this was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Oh, um, I forgot that's a thing. Um, well, I will say, though, I don't know when this comes out. And I, I hate it when people say that on podcasts. And here I am. But Giving Tuesday, um, I uh, work and volunteer with an animal rescue in LA called Sante Dor. So if you want to give on Giving Tuesday or any Tuesday or even any other day of the week, um, <laughs> you can donate to santedor.org. Um, we rescue cats and kittens, um, some animal surrenders from previous homes, and a lot of them are from the street. Um, and some of them have no tail, <laughs> no eyeballs and a missing <laughs> leg, and came from under a house. Um, and those are the ones I'm most proud of. Um, it wasn't my fault either. <laughs> yes, I didn't do it to any of them, but I did pay for a doctor to do it to some of them. <laughs> <laughs> But it was their uh, idea. We look, forward to, <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to getting into your ears again next episode. In the meanwhile, please email any thoughts, questions, or comments to kilmercast at gmail.com and follow the show on Twitter at kilmercast. For myself and my guest, Amy Dresser, thank you for listening and remember to keep it Kilmer. Hey!